October 19th. Our reading in the New Testament today is from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, where we are exhorted, Watch yourself. Satan is at work spreading false doctrine. He never gives up. And his ministers are already in the church. God's servants must preach the truth and fight the devil's lies. Declaring war may not make us popular, but it will keep us faithful and will have God's approval. Exercise yourself. See if believers would put as much effort into the spiritual life as they do their recreation and hobbies, what a difference it would make. Physical exercise is important, but spiritual exercise is even more essential. Both discipline and devotion are needed to make a winning athlete and an effective Christian. So give yourself. We'll learn as we read here it takes real effort to grow in the Christian life and be successful in Christian service. God asks for our wholehearted surrender, no matter what the cost. Well, ponder these admonitions that Paul wrote to Timothy. See how they apply in your life. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 19th, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Now the Holy Spirit tells us, believers, clearly, that in the last times some will turn away from what we believe. They will follow lying spirits and teachings that come from demons. These teachers are hypocrites and liars. They pretend to be religious, but their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanksgiving by people who know and believe the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it. We may receive it gladly with thankful hearts, for we know it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you explain this to the brothers and sisters, you will be doing your duty as a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is fed by the message of faith and the true teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is much more important. It promises a reward in both this life and the next. This is true, and everyone should accept it. We work hard and suffer much in order that people will believe the truth. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and particularly of those who believe. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you teach, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken to you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right, and God will save you and those who hear you. 
Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Am I healthy on the inside? Is my soul well? It's one thing to have money in the bank and good job, good circumstances and a healthy body. But if you're fearful and anxious and discouraged on the inside, well, that's not, that's not health at all. And yet you can have no money in the bank and you can have a, maybe a difficult diagnosis from the doctor, but when you're alive and buoyant and at rest and at peace on the inside, you are well. Life in our culture, in our part of the world, travels at a high velocity. We live in a culture that is loud. Have you noticed? It's just loud. Life at this kind of volume and velocity can create extraordinary angst internally. But I wonder if in a loud world, in a loud society, in a fast-paced culture, if we can cultivate a quiet soul. Well, that brings us to this song written by an ancient artist, a king by the name of David. David ends with just a super weird metaphor. I've calmed and quieted my soul. That's so awesome. Like a weaned child. Why are we talking weaning now, David? I don't understand. It's weird, right? Like, I don't get it. Why would David be inspired to give us this word picture of a weaned child with its mother, right? Two things I think David is saying. Number one, David has redemptive language throughout his lyrics and writing. He has like this glimpse of what Jesus will provide for humanity even before Jesus arrives. David just had that sense on his life. And he says, like a weaned child with its mother. I think number one, David is saying, you want a calm, quieted soul, you have to understand that you did not earn God's love. You didn't earn God's love. You were born into it. Like a weaned child with its mother. David had this sense. Jesus said, you must be born again. You want a calm, quiet spirit? Understand that you, your relationship with God is not on worth, it's by birth. When a child is breastfeeding and they're in the arms of their mother, there's only one thing that child wants and it's milk. I mean, it's just, it's never like at peace, except when it's like asleep. Other than that, it's like it just wants to eat, right? David says, I'm not like a child, I'm like a weaned, two times, a weaned child is my soul within me. Or a weaned child in the arms of its mother wants what? Nothing. The only thing that baby wants is to be in the arms of its mother. David's on to something. He, you know what he's saying? He's saying, you know why I have a calm and quiet soul? Because I'm content just with who God is. I think David is writing this song and he's going, all right, so I have fame. So I have fortune. I have opulence. I have influence. I have it all. It all pales in comparison to you, God. I'm like a weaned child. I, I actually don't. I'm, I'm going to come and spend some time here with you, but I'm not asking for anything. I just want you. I just want you. 
By the way, God loves to hear what you want and what you need. And by, like the Bible says, He already knows what you need before you even ask. So ask. But at some point, maybe we all hopefully get to the place where David was, where he's like, I, 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 I got quite a bit. It's great and everything, God, but I just want to be in your arms. I just want to be with you. You have a God who wants with every ounce and fiber of his being to hold you in his arms. you're wired for this of all beings you're the human being you're the primary being the one that has the you're the object of God's obsession and I think you were designed to be alone with God you were designed to enjoy God you were designed to be near to God you were designed to feel God you were designed to experience God you were made for this I think it's intuitive within your makeup and your system I think it's there I think you just got to go there by the grace of God and say, okay, God, here I am. I think tomorrow, you know, in traffic, tomorrow while you're running errands, tomorrow while you're shuttling kids here, there, and everywhere, tomorrow while you're physically in a minivan or physically in a grocery store or physically in your cubicle at work, that you let your soul be like a weaned child within you and you let it just go into that space where God is and just kind of ponder Him and think about Him and maybe say some things to Him that you don't actually say verbally but you say internally and you let yourself just enjoy the embrace of your Maker and your Creator. I think in that space we can live with a calm and quiet soul in the midst of a loud, fast-paced world. And I think there we'll find sanity and rest and ease. I pray, that I pray with all my heart that that's what our community will always be about. Not just an exchange of concepts and ideas. You can go other places to get that. But that we would be relationally engaged, committed to one, to one to another, to really connect with our God in a genuine, authentic way. Not just to exchange Bible knowledge, but to experience the God of the Bible. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. God made a covenant with David that he would always have a descendant on his throne and that the Davidic line would rule forever. But Ethan, the Ezrahite, had a problem. One of the Davidic kings had been defeated in war and had lost his throne. It seemed to Ethan that God had broken his covenant and that God was not faithful to his people. Faithfulness is a key word in this psalm that we're going to read here. God's faithfulness is seen from generation to generation among His people and in His creation. His faithfulness is seen among the nations and toward David and his family. Ethan knew all of this because he knew the Scriptures. But recent events seem to deny the truthfulness of the covenant and the faithfulness of the Lord. Ethan's problem was caused by spiritual short-sightedness. The ultimate fulfillment of the Davidic covenant is, of course, in Jesus Christ, the Son of David, and He will reign forever and ever. 
Listen, God's faithfulness does not fail. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. A psalm of Ethan the Ezrahite. I will sing of the tender mercies of the Lord forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a solemn agreement with David my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. All heaven will praise your miracles, Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than those who surround His throne. O Lord God Almighty! Where is there anyone as mighty as you, Lord? Faithfulness is your very character. You are the one who rules the oceans. When their waves rise in fearful storms, you subdue them. You are the one who crushed the great sea monster. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours, and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south. Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon praise your name. Powerful is your arm, strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Proverbs 25, verses 23 and 24. As surely as a wind from the north brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a contentious wife in a lovely home.